0: Hello and welcome to I Know Dino, the The big big dinosaur dinosaur podcast, podcast. where we cover news, interviews, and discussions of all things dinosaur.
1: Hello and welcome to I Know Dino. I'm Garrett. And I'm Sabrina. And this episode is brought to you by Artemisia Publishing. They not only publish award-winning dinosaur books, but also coloring puzzles, which can be put together and then colored using markers, crayons, or colored pencils. You can get more information at apbooks.net. This week, our Dinosaur of the Day is Akelosaurus. We have a bunch of dinosaur news. And we'd like to thank our patrons at the $5 level, Scotty, Jackson, and Megan.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for your support. If you want to join this awesome group of people, then check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash
1: So jumping right into the news, the Isle of Wight, also known as Dinosaur Island, which is what we usually call it, an island just south of Britain. It's almost like connected. There's barely any space in between them. They have a new dinosaur that's nearly put together and it's been identified as a mantellosaurus and for the last 2 years they've been preparing it at the Sandown Museum on Dinosaur Island. So they posted a picture of the bones laid out because they're planning how they might want to display it or what they might need to do to conserve it, you know, which bones they'll put on display, if any, and, you know, which ones they'll have to replace with replicas or try to fill in with something similar. And from the picture, it looks like they probably have about three-quarters of the bones, which is quite a bit considering a lot of times we talk about dinosaur finds where they just have one or two bones. And we often remark that, you know, an 80 or 90% complete dinosaur skeleton is pretty remarkable. So it's a really cool one. In an interview with Isle of Wight County Press, Dr. Martin Muntz said, quote, this is the most complete larger-sized dinosaur to be found in the UK for many, many years, end quote, which is pretty cool. They do talk about finding things out of cliffs or on beaches and things, and a lot of times it's just a few bones, so it's neat. And they hope to have the dinosaur on display in about a year or so. We'll have to see.
0: Maybe we can take a trip. Maybe. There's so many trips to take. Yeah. I feel like we say this every week.
1: You definitely do.
0: Yeah, I like taking trips.
1: <laughs> I do too.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Next up, there's a new paper published in the Journal of Proteome Research. I like that title. And it's looking at dinosaur proteins. So they are looking at the same Brachylophosaurus canadensis bone that Mary Schweitzer found collagen in years ago. I think it was back in 2009, and it was one of the first dinosaur proteins that had been discovered, and everyone was surprised that there were any kind of soft tissue elements preserved. So the researchers are really trying to verify the presence of collagen protein by evaluating parts of the collagen called peptides. And you might remember peptides from biology with polypeptide bonds and things like that. But basically, there are dozens of known types of collagen. And they go from things like cartilage to skin to parts of eyes, teeth, and bones. And lots of organs even have multiple types of collagen in the same spot. And then even within one type of collagen, there are different variants of it. So... It's kind of complicated. So these researchers wanted to try and verify that it was dinosaur collagen and not some other contaminant by looking at the specific peptides in the collagen in a high resolution mass spectrometer. And it's not that different than what they did in the original study, but they're not just looking for specific types that we know are in collagen one, but we're looking for any type of peptides that might be related. So in the end, they found eight different peptide sequences for collagen one, which is the type that's expected in bone. And when they compared the sequences from that Brachylophosaurus collagen with ones from other known sequences, it's about what we'd expect from a Mesozoic bird. So kind of matches up with current theories about dinosaurs evolving into birds and all that good stuff too. Plus it confirmed that it was collagen. Next up Inverse reported on a bone bed of centrosaurs by the South Saskatchewan River in Canada. It's kind of hard to say South Saskatchewan. (laughs) So, the particular spot is known as the Hilda Mega Bone Bed. And it was coined that by David Eberth, who spent many years working at the site. And as we've mentioned before, the area of southern Alberta experienced a lot of flooding. And they liken it to how Bangladesh is nowadays kind of low, very marshy, and then, you know, just like a big storm can kind of flood everything and cause havoc. So, larger animals back in Alberta couldn't escape these floods as easily as smaller ones. So, we get these large deposits of ceratopsians in kind of big group graves.
0: Must have been some big floods.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, it was like a sea, too. So, you know, if you have a big, I don't know, tsunami or something, you could wipe out a pretty large group. Yeah. And now Jordan Mallon has also joined in the work and he's trying to demonstrate how such a large group likely died together and potentially learn more about ceratopsians from the large sample size of the same species from that one time and place.
0: Yeah, that's the good thing about bone beds, is you can learn a lot about one particular species.
1: Yep. And I think there were a few other things mixed in, like some shark teeth and stuff in the area that kind of show you that it was at least close to an inland sea.
0: Mm -hmm. What a feast for sharks. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I don't know if it was the exact same time that the shark teeth and the dead dinosaurs were there. But who knows? I guess if it was a big enough flood, maybe a shark could swim up.
0: Yeah. Next, we have an update to Arkansas' Friday Eye. State lawmakers in Arkansas voted unanimously for Arkansaurus to be the state dinosaur. And Arkansas has only been found in Arkansas. The vote came about because of a high school senior who's a fan of the dinosaur, and he's been pushing to make this happen, which is really cool. So the next step's for the House to vote, and then if that passes, Arkansas will be the 10th state to have an official state dinosaur. So it's on its way.
1: Yeah, I need to go look and see if you include state fossils that are dinosaurs, how many have a state fossil or dinosaur that's a dinosaur.
0: (laughs) Could be a fun fact.
1: It could be. (laughs) Next up, the University of Bath in England just began building their Milner Center for Evolution. And within the stated goals of the new center is predicting which species may survive a mass extinction, which is pretty relevant for dinosaur enthusiasts considering they started with a mass extinction and went out with a mass extinction. Yeah. Yeah. And even though the building isn't created yet, you know, they're just starting to build it like right now. I think a week ago is when they first broke ground. They just received another million pound donation from the Leverhulme, I think, trust to investigate the KPG extinction, which wiped out the non-avian dinosaurs and exactly how that took place. So
0: I hope they figure it out.
1: Yeah, a million pounds can go a long way in research, so it'll be interesting to see what they publish on that. In other museum news, the Discovery Center of Idaho has installed a replica of Sue the T-Rex, and it's a traveling Sue the T-Rex exhibit, which must have been moving around the whole time we've had this podcast, but it's the first time I've seen it pop up in a new museum. Of course, the original Sioux is widely regarded as the largest and most complete T-Rex at about 85 to 90% complete and 40 feet or 12.3 meters long. Although there are larger known skulls, I think this is the largest articulated one that's been mounted. So despite it being so huge, it only took six people about 10 hours to set up the entire thing. And apparently the fossil and a support structure took up three fifty-three foot long semis <laughs> and it was all crated up in individual boxes and the largest crate weighed over a ton. So it's quite a an effort to put that together. Six
0: people. That's impressive.
1: Yeah. They have a little video where they show them all kind of working on it, but they don't show too much of the actual setup process. I think since it was specifically designed to be a traveling replica that, you know, maybe they have it in pieces that are a little bit easier to bolt together or something. The fossil is going to be on display there in Idaho until May 7th, and they already did one evening event where adults over 21 could go there and drink beer and hang out with the fossil (laughs) (laughs) or the fossil replica. That's always fun. Yeah, I enjoy those things. We posted on our Twitter and Facebook about that event, but it's always hard to kind of get the event talked about on a podcast before it happens because you usually have like a couple days before the event happens so if you want to get updates like this check us out on twitter or facebook and then we can get you the update before it passes
0: (laughs) next according to dallas news four students pled guilty to stealing dinosaur bones while on a field trip in 2015 and we talked about this when it first happened they're four students from Texas. They took some fossils from a quarry in southern Utah while on a geology trip, and they took about 60 pounds of bones worth $2,500, though it's reported they didn't intend to sell them. So this is what happened.
1: Hmm. I guess they're children?
0: No, I think they're university.
1: Uh-oh, because if you're getting tried as a minor, that probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. But if it's worth over $2,500 and it's from federal land and stuff... That's going to be some steep penalties, probably.
0: Yeah, probably. I have no idea.
1: Yeah. Don't steal fossils. <laughs> <laughs> the moral of that story.
0: Next, Earth Archive shared an article on stegosaurs, which is a really great introduction to stegosaurs because they go over the history and what we know now. So, as pretty much everyone listening to us probably knows, stegosaurs, they're quadrupedal and they're herbivorous and they have plates on their back and neck and spikes on their tail. Stegosaur fossils were found in Africa and Europe in the early 1800s, but it wasn't until Stegosaurus was found in the U.S. in the late 1800s that they became better understood and popular. So Stegosaurus had a small brain, and early reconstructions and illustrations showed it to have its plates covering the sides of its body like an armadillo. Hmm. And someone even said the plates may have been horizontal and used, quote, as flight surfaces for gliding off cliffs, which would be... Amazing to see those illustrations. But anyway, <laughs> uh, this was probably said as a joke. What we now know is that Stegosaurus was very muscular and had a flexible neck and tail. And of course had thagomizers. Yeah. That's the spikes on the end of the tail.
1: All about those thagomizers.
0: <laughs> and early stegosaurs were similar, but they had long spines on their shoulders and fewer plates and thagomizers. And for most of them, their plates were in pairs on their back instead of alternating right to left. And stegosaur plates may have been used to help regulate their temperature or attract mates. And then the thagomizers would have made for a good defense. And we cover stegosaurus in depth in episode 38 if you want to learn more.
1: Yep, stegosaurus is one of the most interesting dinosaurs, I think. Especially because it's so early in dinosaur evolution and so strange
0: Yeah, such interesting ornamentation. Yep. Next, kind of a fun story. There's a group of public libraries that are helping plastic dinosaur tours go on tour across the country. And this is according to Conway Daily Sun. So the dinosaurs started in Wisconsin and ended up in Columbus Public Library. Then they moved on to Kentucky, South Carolina, and Florida. And they're now on their way to Mount Washington Valley in New Hampshire. And the dinosaurs are looking for host families in New Hampshire, and the Conway Public Library is looking for volunteers. So if you're in that area, then you should host them. Take some pictures. Send it to us.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: Another pretty fun story. So in Spokane, Washington, a couple took their engagement photos in T-Rex costumes, according to ABC10. They had a photo shoot in the snow, and there's a photo of the two holding hands, and their snouts are touching. So it almost looks like a heart. It's pretty adorable.
1: It's funny, though, because you can't see their faces at all, Mm -hmm. and even one of them has like a scarf wrapped around the clear piece of plastic where you would normally be able to see a face through the costume. Yeah, (laughs) So it's like...
0: That wasn't the point.
1: Yeah, but it could be anybody (laughs) in those. (laughs) Yep. I guess, you know, you wouldn't mail it out if it wasn't you, but it's kind of funny.
0: Next, there's a new TV show based on a comic with a dinosaur coming out. So the show's called Runaways, and according to The Guardian, it's about, quote, a group of teenagers who discover their parents are members of a sort of evil Avengers and do a runner, all while trying to deal with their own unusual powers, including being psychically linked to a dinosaur. quote. Hmm. I believe we've talked about this show before, but that's really all I've found about it so far. I'm intrigued be curious what the dinosaur looks like if the dinosaur can talk or if it's just through this psychic link but anyway so the show will be created by josh schwartz and stephanie savage who created the show the oc back in the day so it will probably be quite dramatic i'm guessing (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah i would say so (laughs) next up in still pretty much dinosaur related news Arc Survival Evolved, the game where you try to survive on islands and things with dinosaurs trying to eat you, (laughs) has a new mod that replaces all of the dinosaurs and other animals from relatively recent years with Pokemon.
0: (laughs) Of course, why not?
1: Yeah. So I tried out the mod and it was pretty fun. The Pokemon actually look really good in the environments. And they're well modeled and animated and everything, so if you're ever wondering like what a Venusaur or a Machamp looks like walking around in a forest, you can go in that game and see. It's still really early, and they're calling it an alpha build, and it's even been updated since I played it yesterday because they're iterating so quickly. And there are quite a few bugs. I couldn't get any of the Pokemon tamed, which is a big part of Arc Survival Evolved. And then you can kind of ride them after you build saddles. And apparently you can ride a lot of the Pokemon too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) But I couldn't get them tamed to do it.
0: They're pretty large.
1: Yeah. Well, like, uh, I'd say the bigger Pokemon are roughly six feet tall and long, sort of size. And then the smallest ones are. You know, just like a foot or so. I don't. I mean, some Pokemon are technically really tiny. If you look at Pokemon literature, they probably scale them up so you can actually see them in the game. But the mod definitely isn't perfect. When I was playing, it the sea creatures were the same as regular Ark. So I was chasing some kind of Pokemon, and I got immediately eaten by a giant crocodile. <laughs> and, and it actually startled me because I was used to all these like fluffy, you know, friendly-looking pokemon and this like big realistic enormous crocodile came out and eat me. <laughs> ate me and then a bunch of slugs attached to me too and like or leeches or something and like bled me to death. So anyway, yeah, not perfect yet. There are a couple funny bug reports that I didn't see like pokemon dropping dinosaur eggs. And then in the notes it says, quote, picking up Ninetales or Ponita with Charizard or Pidgeot doubles its size, in parentheses, please do not do this, (laughs) end quote, (laughs) which is a really funny bug report. I want to try it, even though it says please do not do this and it probably crashes the game. I still want to see what happens. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And... Yeah, the bottom line is, although it's kind of fun to see the Pokemon wandering around in realistic environments, I think the regular arc with dinosaurs in it is actually more fun because they have, you know, like a huge, I think they call it a Brachiosaurus, some kind of sauropod and, you know, T-Rex and all these exciting ones. And I don't think replacing them with Pokemon makes the game any better. I think you're better off with dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) But it is kind of fun.
0: Next, a pet groomer in Thailand gave a cat a dinosaur themed haircut, according to Daily Mail. They're calling it Clawsaurus, and it's pretty good. There's a video of the cat which looks like it has stegosaurus spikes on its back, you know, made of out of its fur, and it's <laughs> eating some food off a plate. And apparently the groomer likes to give Dino Cat haircuts. It's a very popular one.
1: Yeah, they said it was like the most popular one. It looks really funny. If I think if we had a cat, I would get that. <laughs> I don't know how you groom cats. That sounds like a terrible job.
0: Maybe they enjoy it.
1: I don't know. Because doesn't it involve washing them? Any cat I've ever seen get wet was not happy about it.
0: I don't know. You have to talk to a professional groomer. (laughs) I
1: guess so. (laughs) They must have some technique to deal with it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Next, Oh Happy Days shared a crafting project. Mini dinosaur balloon sticks. And you can use their printable template and balloons, paper, glue, and balloon sticks to make decorations, centerpieces, photo props, pretty much you can use them for anything. Basically, cut out the dinosaur template on cardstock, and then you inflate a mini balloon and match the two. So the balloon's like the body, and then the template is the head and tail usually. And legs. And legs, yes. And so they have templates for T-Rex, Stegosaurus, Triceratops, and the photos look really fun.
1: Yeah, they look really good, actually. I yeah. was surprised with how good they looked. I think they were using hot glue, and I was kind of surprised because I was thinking, it seems like hot glue might pop a balloon, but apparently it works out. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be nervous about it the first couple times for sure. <laughs> yeah, me too. And last in the news, Michael Crichton's historical fiction story about the Bone Wars, Dragon Teeth, will be coming out on May 23rd, and it's now available for pre-orders. And then, as we mentioned, National Geographic will be releasing a TV show sometime this year as well, but there's no date for that yet. So,
0: I know what I'll be pre-ordering after we're done recording this.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're interested in getting a dinosaur book that you could order and get right now and not wait till May... You can check out some books by our sponsor, Artemisia Publishing. They have a dinosaur learning activity book, which has lots of information as well as a dinosaur coloring book and coloring puzzles. The dinosaur learning activity book is on its second edition, and it says second edition with new dinosaurs. So that's exciting Mm because we always like new dinosaurs.
0: If you look on the page about the book, it's got some pretty good reviews from people in the field like Kenneth Carpenter. He says it's a he highly recommends this book to parents and their young grade schoolers.
1: Yeah, and the publisher and author and illustrator <laughs> are all in the paleontology community, so it's very scientifically accurate, which is important to me. Mm -hmm. probably more than a lot of parents but if you're listening to this podcast it's likely that if you have kids you'd like them to learn accurate dinosaur science and not just color in goofy dinosaur based creations that (laughs) may or may not have anything to do with what dinosaurs actually looked like
0: (laughs) oh my goodness
1: (laughs) i'm just saying i really appreciate a good scientific representation of dinosaurs. And that's what Artemisia Publishing does. And as you may have noticed from my fun facts, if you start talking about dinosaur science, you can go down a myriad of rabbit holes into other scientific areas. Yep. So yeah, for both Sabrina and I, getting real dinosaur science at a young age really got us interested in all sorts of other science too. So definitely recommended to get kids into science through things like this dinosaur learning activity book. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in buying it, you can head to apbooks.net. And if you're interested in getting the coloring puzzles, just check out the link in our show notes.
0: And now on to our dinosaur of the day, Achelousaurus, which was a request from Cole via Patreon. So thanks, Cole. The name means Achelousus lizard. It was a centrosaurine ceratopsid that lived in the late Cretaceous in North America. Sometimes I feel like we're saying tongue twisters.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's because everything is a tongue twister.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was found in the two medicine formation in Montana, and the type species is Achelusaurus horneri, and is named by Scott Sampson in 1995. The name Achelusaurus refers to Achelus, a Greek river deity who fought Hercules, and Hercules tore off one of his horns. Oof. Pretty violent. Three skulls have been found. And they all have these rough bosses where other Ceratopsians have horns, so it makes it look like their horns were ripped oh, off. Oh man,
1: that is a very accurate but graphic name for it.
0: Yes, although I'm sure that's not
1: how it happened. Oh yeah, <laughs> that some ancient Greek god ripped off its horn.
0: Or that anything ripped off, three of them.
1: Yeah, they all just happen to get ripped off in the same way. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Achilles could also shape shift, and Achillesaurus has Combined features from other ceratopsians.
1: Could shape shift? He's a deity. Oh, the Greek Achelous. Yes. Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> I'm with you. <ya. laughs>
0: there we go. So, the species name, Horneri, is in honor of Jack Horner, She you may have guessed. And he's the one who led the team that excavated the holotype skull of Achelusaurus in 1987. Achelusaurus is about 20 feet or six meters long and weighed about three tons. It had a parrot like beak and rough bosses on its snout, and a pair of horns on the end of long, bony frills. And it may have been a transitional Ceratopsian, since it has two horns at the top of its neck thrill, like Aeneasaurus, and a large nasal boss like Pachyrhinosaurus, but not everybody agrees on this.
1: Yeah, I was kind of imagining Pachyrhinosaurus when you were talking about that ripped-off horn look.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that rough look. Yeah. All the Achillosaurus... Fossils are at the Museum of the Rockies in Bozeman, Montana, including a skull from an adult, which is 5 feet or 1.6 meters long. I'm pretty sure we saw that when we visited. So Ceratopsians were Ornithischians that lived in North America and Asia, and they had beaks and cheek teeth to eat fibrous vegetation. And they also had a frill, which may have been used for defense or regulating body temperature, attracting mates or signaling danger.
1: And our fun fact of the day is abnormally short for me.
0: What? <laughs> Sometimes they're longer than the dinosaur of the day.
1: (laughs) Sometimes. It's that contractors, while excavating for the Rockies' new baseball stadium in Colorado, found part of a triceratops skull. And eventually that led to the mascot, known as Dinger, (laughs) being a purple triceratops.
0: That's an interesting name, Dinger.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's like hitting some dingers.
0: Ah, okay.
1: But... Yeah, it's, a, it's literally a purple Triceratops. It looks like a Barney and Friends kind of character. <laughs> or nah,
0: the Triceratops in Barney was green.
1: Really? Yeah. I don't remember at all.
0: Oh, it's too bad.
1: I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool, though. I saw reference to them finding other dinosaur bones while doing the construction project, but I couldn't find out what dinosaurs they were from. And apparently it didn't leave as much of an impression because Triceratops got the mascot.
0: and that wraps up this episode of i know dino thanks for listening if you enjoy hearing the latest dinosaur news each week and learning about different dinosaurs of the day then please consider joining our growing community on patreon at patreon.com slash i know dino
1: or just share the podcast with your friends that too or other dinosaur enthusiasts because that helps a lot too
0: yes (laughs) Thanks again, and until next time. Thank you for listening to I Know Dino. If you have any questions or comments about dinosaurs, we'd like to hear from you at plesiosaur at iknowdino.com. And for more information on dinosaurs, go to iknowdino.com. Or follow us on Google, Facebook, Tumblr, or Twitter at Dino.